0: of the social entrainment that's gone on with the media and even the education system has pushed people towards this left brain thinking where they're uh they don't want anything outside of the certainty they've been handed it becomes frightening for them they don't understand modern warfare i would say and that's a really big thing that i've come to realize that people need to understand modern warfare to understand that they live in a war zone and that this is a unique and very new kind of war zone and so, uh, unless you have that awareness today, I think you know you're going to be trapped in the fog of war. And so it's kind of like, you know, I look at it through the lens of warfare that it's like losing a friend to a psychological operation and hoping that maybe they can recover themselves.
1: Before we get into the show, I want to share with you the Z Stack, a powerful immunity-building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Quercetin and vitamin C together are a safe, over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop.
0: So the Overton window is, uh, there was a man named, I believe it's Joseph P. Overton, and he talked about how there is uh, a window of, of language and concepts that is allowed within the public sphere uh, to to even be discussed and to then lead to public policy and things that fall outside of the Overton window are things that um, politicians and policymakers they they won't even discuss they're they're too taboo and so anytime someone brings them up it will just it will get nothing because this window of concepts and ideas is this sort of uh, in, in one sense, it's a collective creation, but it's also something that can be highly engineered. So when we look at things like um, like Balenciaga, the recent event with Balenciaga is a really good example of this. So, you know, in the Balenciaga scandal, essentially they do this photo shoot where they surrounded children with all these sexual items. They had BDSM teddy bears and there was alcohol all around them and it was like That's horrifying it was horrifying horrifying and then in another shoot they had documents that were from a court case that was a big victory for pedophiles that allowed pedophile art to be produced without basically without criticism or censorship um and th- there's there a number of you know people started to dig in and find that there was all this pedophilia but not just pedophilia um satanism because they had another thing where it was like uh, balenciaga was spelled with two a's as in ball as in the ancient Canaanite god of child sacrifice. Um, And so there's an interesting thing to observe here because the Balenciaga scandal, it made this idea of satanic pedophilia something that can now be discussed more overtly. I saw like all sorts of public commentators that wouldn't have touched this subject five years ago are all of a sudden being like, wait a minute, what is with this satanic pedophilia? You know, if we look back to something like Uh, like Pizzagate, for example, that was, uh, it was ridiculed, it was attacked on all levels. And the one thing you couldn't talk about was satanic pedophilia in levels of power in our society. So we see now the Overton window has shifted, so that all of a sudden, this can be discussed. Um, And that's a big victory for us. And now, you know, the fact that we live in this war zone, we need to be prescient of these victories and be like, okay, now, I can talk about that, because I have a public reference point that has been acknowledged in a mainstream way, and maybe we can get things to the point where there can be some policy and some decision-making that acknowledges this problem we have with the war on innocence and the war on children. Um, This is really important, and we need to push for these things to be inside the Overton window if we want any success at all. As long as they are outside of it, we won't really get any traction in actually creating societal change.
1: And they are really working hard to keep that Overton window. You cannot talk about human trafficking um, although human trafficking now is becoming more talked about because of what they're doing at the border but it, so that's a good thing but we they're still doing it in mass i mean it's the worst crisis we've seen in humanity you know in i just had um um uh, reverend mcgarry on um kevin mcgarry and he said that he says that it's probably and he's a black man um, this is important only because it's not important to mention somebody what they are that way, but because he's he's black, he brought up slavery, and he said, I think what's going on now is probably the worst crimes against humanity in our country's history. By numbers, it's worse than slavery,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for
1: him to make that acknowledgement, that's a big deal. Or for people to make that acknowledgement. We we think that slavery is the worst thing that's ever happened, and it's really bad. But what we're dealing with now, by the numbers, is probably worse.
0: 100%. There has never been more humans enslaved in human history. But I, not... Go, keep going. I, like, I was going to
1: say, not even just the enslaved that and COVID. And just everything they're doing right now, their whole attack on us. But keep going.
0: Well, I think like I mean that in a number of ways, like even just in the sense of like human trafficking of actual like people who are enslaved in that in the true sense of the word. That's a huge operation. That is a global there is a global human trafficking operation that is still thriving right now. And that uses modern technology and modern conditions. It uses the dark web uh, to thrive, and um, it's gotten to the point where uh, it's such a large operation that you it's know industrialized. It's industrialized. So they're 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 impregnating women, who are then producing babies whose whole life is slavery, who don't have any birth certificate or record. So there's not even like there's kids going missing in that sense. Like there is the missing kids. There's that factor. But then you also have the kids who are literally born into slavery. Uh and so um you know it's it is funny that
1: And they're not just using them to work. They're using them for sex slavery and then organs. I mean it's worse than what it was back then even though back then it was awful. Okay, I don't I don't want to say that, but right now they've industrialized it to the point where they are using them for specific commercial per- they're using their body for commit specific commercial purposes until they're used they're worn out and then they
0: use their organs
1: and they even use it down to their skin
0: yep yeah i mean it's it's really just looking at them as as livestock yes uh you know that's the way that they view them and you have to understand that you know, there's evil in this world that is unfazed by these acts. And, you know, waking up to the level of evil in our world is a really that's a painful process. And it's something that I know some of the people that have turned their backs on me. I'm sure that's a big part of it for them. Really recognizing, actually accepting the evil that I'm pointing towards uh, is too painful for many people uh, because I think you're crazy. Yeah, it's just
1: the can't be true. It can't be what it is.
0: I know because we have a hard time perceiving minds that operate so differently from ours that these for these people who run these trafficking rings and who they sexually enslave children and some of the worst of them it's about you know satanic ritual abuse and things like that this is normalized for them and it's normalized across their family line and so they're born into it so when you're born into something you don't see it as strange that's your family so if your family is filled with satanic pedophiles well that's not evil to you that's life that's how we are as humans. And that's hard for people to wrap their heads around, but it's true.
1: It's just incredible. And they need to realize, they need to grow and realize that they're in an environment that is evil and that they would do better if their situation changed. But there's, a lot. my understanding and talking to people who've come from that world is that the majority of them want out but don't know how to get out. There's a small percentage that are in it and enjoy it and love it. And then the rest are varying degrees of one, wanting the hell out and can't.
0: Yeah, you know, when we look at the way the military uses compartmentalization as a form of keeping things classified, uh, you know, they're, they're very successful at this where they, you know, they create information nested in different areas of the military and people have different need to know Access and it makes sure that the information is in these compartments. Well, you know, that's an old tactic Uh, the 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 satanic bloodlines compartmentalization of information has been a, a, a very effective tactic for them and this is one of the ways they've done it is by keeping people trapped in these situations so that even if a member of one of these families wakes up and decides that they don't want to participate for them to get that information into the world is very, very difficult in a number of levels. First of all, to even wake up within one of those family bloodlines, to be able to produce free thoughts outside of the way your family thinks, that in and of itself is difficult because the entrainment that they've put you through has been designed to stop free thinking. But then you also have the threats, just the overt threats to lives. You know, For a lot of these people, uh, it's, it's a life-threatening issue to expose any of this. And of course, a lot of them aren't willing to die for it, which is in, in a sense, very understandable.
1: It is understandable. I just, you wish they, they could grow beyond that. But it takes courage. It takes more than that. Your show now, is it a show that airs regularly?
0: So this is actually a six-part docuseries that it's a, it's a limited series. So it's just the six episodes. And all six episodes are mounted on Dauntless Dialogue now. Um, and so you can go check it out. And the way I've designed it is that the first two episodes, they look at the war on children and innocence, The second two episodes look at the war on men and fathers, and then the final two episodes look at the war on mothers and women, and just walk you through not just the Toronto protocols and all the different quotes and ideas within there that show us the warfare operations that they have ongoing, but then
1: also- they, They actually talk about these strategies. Oh, yeah. And they give you a lot of understanding so that we can learn these strategies, understand it, and then we can combat it. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, so it, it goes through that warfare in detail while I've also woven into it this exploration of the family as a superorganism, because I didn't want this to That's be cool. just be doom and gloom. I wanted to be okay, here's the dark side, here's the war on the family, but here's one of the most beautiful ways we could actually see the family. And here's some of the evidence and science and philosophy and spirituality surrounding that concept. So like when you look at, for example, the, the, the war on mothers and women, you know, they overtly say that we're going to push feminism to its extreme limits while implementing birth control. And they understood that if they push feminism to an extreme and then introduce birth control into the population, that would successfully remove mothers from the family. They understood this very, very well. Um, And so now you see the pushing of feminism to its extreme. Well, one of the most extreme expressions of it is feminism combined with gender ideology. And now you have like the undermining of so much progress that women have made uh, because uh, feminists who are tied up in gender ideology are willing to sacrifice women's spaces and women's rights to biological men. Uh, so it's quite precisely what they discussed. Uh, you know, they t- they discussed the legalization of various forms of homosexuality is the way they put it. And we see now is it's about creating rights for all these, you know, um, like for, for trans people and all these things, they've created a narrative in a scenario where the implementation of of rights that are supposedly freeing oppressed peoples are actually a way of undermining all of our laws and all of our rights. And this is, that's you know, what they say.
1: That's right. They use something that's really good. It's the partial truth part. And then they spin it at the end against people because freeing women to be an equal member of society is really important. And it's really important that they can thrive and their minds can grow and they can do that. But that makes them a better mother. I mean, I just look at how much better of a mother I am, but I'm so devoted to my kids and my family, but yet I have my own life. I have all this stuff. I'm able to grow and, but that's different than what they're trying to do. They're trying to completely get, they're trying to do what they do to men where you get sidetracked, focus on wealth and material things and lose that connection to your family, it's bad for men, too.
0: Absolutely. It's it's quite unhealthy for men. I think, you know, being a devoted father, this is one of the greatest tests of masculinity. This is a huge achievement to, to be devoted to one partner and to your child and to sustain that and grow that. That is an achievement of, of like, wondrous masculinity. And it, this idea of just having many women and, and cars and wealth. I mean, to me, that's that's it's, it's weak, actually easier in many ways. It's yes. difficult to walk the path of the philosopher king and really balance the power of the king with the softness and knowledge of the philosopher. This is something I talk about in the series very overtly, that we need to take ideas like the philosopher king and lift them up culturally and use them, actually use them and talk about things within these terms. You know, and, uh, you know, there, I have a number of um, uh, experts that I interview in the series. Um, so I have uh, one is Justin Deschamps, who runs uh, Stillness in the Storm and Vigilant News. And, uh, you know, he has a great deal of insight into this. And he talks about how, you know, our society at some point we were going to produce birth control, even though they talk about the fact that they engineered it in their lodges and introduced it it was going to come around anyway because any civilization that's developing eventually wants control over birth that's totally normal so it's it's about being able to distinguish these things that were naturally going to happen and that there was natural momentum for us as a species birth control women's liberation and seeing how they're undermined and understanding that so that as we progress now as a species Again, being aware of this war and noticing what is our natural inclination? What are we growing towards? And how are they trying to subvert that? How can we correct our growth as a species so that we move towards proper ideals? And you know, I talk about this again in the series, that ideals as warfare is an important notion here because uh, ideals, they have tricked us into believing that ideals are systems of judgment and exclusion, when in fact ideals are more like a compass. So when we have a family ideal, that we want to use to to drive people towards this beautiful idealistic notion of the family, that's not meant to exclude families that aren't of that design. Like if you have like same sex marriages, or if you have someone who's raised by their grandparents, you know, they're not going to fall into that. It's not about excluding them. It's about making sure that as a society, we have a compass that uses everything to advantage. And it is extremely advantageous for the traditional family unit to be idealized, because we have millions of years of evolution that create these wonderful connections that pass knowledge on beautifully, which alternate forms of family they cannot compete with, which you would want people who have alternate, you know, family structures to know this so that they know what they don't have, so that at least maybe they could correct it. You know, if someone's being raised by their grandparents and you don't have those same biological connections, well this is good knowledge to have even for that so that we can support and adjust all families but to cancel the family entirely and to not even culturally acknowledge any of these scientific discoveries I mean it's painful for everyone
1: that it is and and it's also being wise it's it's like we're not wise the wisdom has just been thrown out the window and everything's extreme and and so they're taking good things and making them bad I you know good I always use the example of organ transplants organ transplants, science is not bad organ transplants it's a breakthrough a wondrous breakthrough in medical technology to do organ transplants and then that developed into this huge black market of organ trafficking so it everything can be used and abused and we have to have the wisdom to know when it's good and when it's it doesn't have that balance. And that's the two I contracting ideas, isn't it?
0: Yeah, this is something that I I highlighted in the series with the work of a man named Joseph Chilton Pierce. And, you know, he talks about this in the sense of intelligence versus intellect. And so he's discussing it in, in the clips I use in the series, he's discussing it in terms of childbirth, and the way in which Uh, childbirth was basically co-opted by uh, a a pretty patriarchal approach in that it's men in these hospital settings delivering babies when traditionally and historically it was women who were driving the birthing process uh, it was the the woman herself surrounded by women and the way he frames it is actually really succinct and beautiful is that he talks about um, women in the instance of childbirth being a uh, a source of intelligence and that intelligence is this, this natural way, this natural, um, we have a natural intelligence that flows through us that asks, is this appropriate? Whereas intellect, it's always trying to discover what it can do, but it only asks, is this possible? And this is where we've been caught. We, we are caught up in this sort of constant, <clears throat> questioning of is this possible is this possible And doing anything that's possible without asking is this appropriate and so balancing intellect with intelligence i think is a good way to put it and you know he very very succinctly identifies this problem well i like the
1: the female example because back in that time they just figured that their intellect and their science knowledge and everything else was superior and it, it, there was still science behind it it just they it was a. Uh, um, what women were doing was still scientific. It was what they were looking at. It was a very narrow view of the world. They didn't encompass a full blown picture of things. And once you start making certain groups inferior to others, that's the kind of crap that you start seeing happening. And that's a great example of it. Uh, when they thought that they were evolving, they were actually devolving.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. This notion of progress that only asks, is it possible? And doesn't ask, is it appropriate? And, you know, this is something we responded to very, very directly as a family. Um, Amanda and I, you know, our first child um, was brought into the world through an unassisted water birth here at home with just a friend of ours, um, because that was the way she felt capable of relying on her intelligence as a woman to bring the child into the world. And and then we had midwives come after the birth, um, and so that was something we directly actually lived as a family, and it was a beautiful experience um, to to be with her and to to bring our child into the world in a way that was reliant on the intelligence that is inherent in women because of evolution itself. And that's something that's been lost. Birth is so medicalized now that it's actually a danger and that most people are traumatized when they're born because of the nature of hospital birth and the approach that we're taking. And so this is an interesting example. When you have a lot of left-wing ideology going on about patriarchy, You know, there is this is actually an example of it that isn't being addressed properly and should be because uh, more natural birthing would heal so much in our population. Like people don't realize how much of what they're struggling with is birth trauma.
1: Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think there's a benefit for taking what we learn medically and, and making sure that we fold it into the science. We already know what they're doing is they learn a new thing and then they, they throw away everything that we've known from the past instead of folding it in and saying, okay, we're learning. Like I, I'm sorry, but getting, um, for me, getting the the painkillers made, especially because with my first one, it didn't work quite, quite right. And it hurt like hell and you, you're barely just trying to survive. With my second one, it worked really great. And so I got to enjoy the birthing process, right? It was wonderful for me. So I think that that's an example of folding in our experience and our knowledge with our past experience and knowledge instead of throwing out everything and saying we're better now. That's devolution. As far as I'm concerned.
0: It is. And this is, it really brings us back to the family. Like are women properly passing on birthing knowledge to their daughters. Are they really bring them into this, a line of family knowledge that supports the, the the young girl and getting to the point of womanhood and having a baby are these family lines of knowledge being passed on. You know, this is something that is so, so important. That knowledge. It's
1: because it's not value. That's right, it isn't it's not valued You know, because that knowledge, that's where we were we've been brainwashed to think that the female experience is inferior. And I am I'm just gonna tell you that really is the way that they're taught the current left is is still propagating that idea, even though they're trying to
0: create equality. You know, there's a detransitioner who's been speaking out a lot. Her name is Chloe Cole. And she's been talking about her story of being indoctrinated by gender ideology and then waking up to what had happened after she had already been put on testosterone and already had oh, the double geez. mastectomy. Yep. And so she's now living without Uh, she she knows now she won't have the ability to breastfeed children and she's having complications from being on testosterone for years. But she openly says this, that one of the ways she was misled was that all the information culturally that she was exposed to about being a woman and motherhood all framed it negatively. It made periods and pregnancy all seem kind of horrific and awful. And like, why would I ever want that? Why would I ever want to be a part of that? And she just feels she really got deeply misled about femininity and motherhood. And then after she woke up post-transition, she realized that she did want to be a mother and that she may now have put that in danger entirely. And that a lot of it was the way our culture, you know, totally demonized motherhood.
1: Yeah. And instead of folding it into what we already know, we're learning that women need to grow and thrive and be part of the community. (laughs) But that doesn't mean throw out all the other good stuff we have. Yeah. Right. And men, men have really great things and fold the women in so that we can work together. But the men need to gain and learn their fatherhood. And we've thrown that away. It's, it's like, we're just, we're not wise. We're not using wisdom. We're throwing away the centuries of knowledge and moving on to this new way that is so devolved.
0: Yeah. And I think this is why my focus is so strongly on waking up to the war and getting hip to the war on the family, and that we need, we need to fight for the family. It is at the heart of all of this, as stated by the 666, they're saying that we cannot install the new world order if the family unit is not broken down. So it's so important. And if we wanna preserve knowledge and send it to the future, we have to fight for the family. And it is really, it's simple in that regard. It's a really, really direct point of action. We can all participate that. You know, even if someone is not building a family of their own, They can fight back against the war on innocence, the normalization of pedophilia, all of that, gender ideology, all of this is tied into the war on the family. It's all part of it. And so the family is, they're targeted at the center of this. And the sooner we can wake up to that, the sooner we can effectively start to build back wisdom and return to it and then get it to the future
1: that's right and keep thriving and evolving i still have this and we talked about it before the thing started and we both don't really have an answer for this but the fact that they name everything 666 to me you know that it represents to so many of us pure evil and bad and it's just a number so in that way it's just a number but it represents the symbology of that is everything bad and to them it it's this warm warped sense of good. And I still haven't gotten my head around what it is that they think is so damn good about something that so many of us think is the epitome of evil. And um, I haven't fully got that. And maybe you can help me as we, <laughs> as we grow in the next five years of how they got themselves. Yeah. It's a cult. How did they convince themselves that something so bad is good?
0: Well, I think... You know, human beings have this immense capacity. The fact that we have this capacity for evil is, I think it's equal to the capacity for good that we have. It has a great deal to do with um, the story of the human spirit. And,
1: but in it, it creates a passion for them. And I mean, they're passionate yeah. about putting evil out there to the same way that I'm passionate about putting good out there. I mean, it's just something I haven't gotten my head around
0: yet. Because it's worship of the self, right? It's deep, deep service to self. So service to self orientation on a level that some of us could not imagine. Um, Seeing oneself as ultimate above others, actually seeing oneself that way. And I mean in a deep, deep uh, and and consistent way.
1: And they're able to work with each other while they all think that way.
0: Yes, and at the same time, um they will sacrifice each other.
1: That's the flaw.
0: Should it be necessary. That's right. This is one of this their weaknesses. This is
1: their huge flaw.
0: Oh yeah, they would they, a lot of them do and and will sacrifice each other. Uh given a, the necessity a of it. Snap
1: of a fingers and they can't trust each other. That's where bribery comes in. And human compromise, you know, blackmail.
0: Yeah, I know that. Can't
1: fundamentally trust each other. The fact that they can't trust each other is a huge advantage for us.
0: The Jeffrey Epstein case is a perfect example of this, right? We still haven't gotten any arrests on all the people that yeah. were Jeffrey Epstein's it's list. So it's so obvious. It's there. It's so obvious. It's obvious. So it's right obvious. And so you have that as a great example that he clearly has all this evidence of all these elite people performing sex crimes, essentially.
1: On videotape. We on know videotape. they have them. That's right. We, we know. Th- I, I know firsthand they have them because a good friend of mine who is asylum in Russia has a copy of all those. And so did 10 other people. And they have a copy of it, the FBI does, and they do nothing about it.
0: That's right, because all these people are implicated. And so it's like, as soon as you release that, you know, uh, then you're, you're throwing a lot of different people under the bus that you may be connected to. And their, their reliance upon each other, right, the way they've built this web of reliance and threats and extortion. It's a really ugly, ugly, ugly tangled mess because that is the result of generations of people living this way right, is now they are in this horrible tangled mess of evil and it is building up to a precipice. And they're, 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 to, in my opinion, there has to be greater breakthrough points. We're seeing them to an extent, like with Balenciaga, that's an example of some of it pouring out because, you know, symbolism is something they're obsessed with, right? Symbolism is something they feel they need to do culturally on a consistent basis as part of their religion. They want to insert satanic symbolism to normalize it, to embed it into people's subconscious. But now that people are waking up to it and are able to see it, um, you know, their their mass of tangled lies and bribes and extortions, it's all becoming a house of cards.
1: It's unraveling. But the thing is, is they know they need to hide it because it's bad. Yep. And so that's why, because it doesn't feel good to be in something you have to hide all the time. So, you know, they're very conflicted and they're screwed up, honestly. I mean, that's evil, right? They know. So that's why 90% want to get out in some man, way or manner, because if you're not on top of that bad boy, if you're not on top of that pyramid, that would be an awful existence.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I was recently I just did an interview with Busy Gold on her podcast, The Modern Good. And we talked about this. You know, she she said herself that she has Hollywood celebrities that have come to her personally and said, I wish I could speak openly about these things, about this, the Satanism in Hollywood and what's really going on. And I actually can't. I can't. It would ruin my life. I would, I would possibly get killed. I can't say anything. But thank you for covering it. Thank you for exposing it. Um and so this has happened to her on a number of instances. So, you know, I, she's, this is not the first person I've heard say this. Um, you know, there's wow. a woman on Instagram, she runs an account called house and habit, and she's had the same thing as well. She's had Hollywood celebrities private message her and say, look, there's things that you are a hundred percent right about. I can never talk about it, but I want to pass it on to you so that, you know, there's validity to what you're revealing, but
1: let's free them. Let's free yeah. them By making a tsunami of voices out there, if they all come together and they're willing to have the courage, and that's something we're working on right now. We're going to do a huge event and we're looking for high profile people who are hiding. They're in the closet, but they so badly want to come out. If you want to come out and you want to talk about this, please get a hold of me. Because Mm. we are putting this event together and it's going to be monumental. And I promise you, if we can get enough voices like you, then you can speak out going forward. That is our goal.
0: That's amazing. I'm glad to hear that.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you can help spread the word. But thank you. What else do you want people to know before we end this?
0: So I'm currently working with uh, two different groups called Mom Army and Dad Army. And uh, we are focused very much on the war on the family, on uh, the war on children and the war on innocence. Uh, So Mom Army uh, is uh, something that was started. Dad Army is very new. We're just launching. Mom Army has uh, grown very, very quickly and uh, has a huge network of um, people in different industries and with different uh, organizations and charities, legal uh, operations, And so through Mom Army and Dad Army, we're actually poised to really fight back against the war on children and the war on innocence and the war on men and fathers. Uh, So we're doing some amazing work. We actually organized a nationwide protest against Balenciaga in five days and managed to get protests occurring in 25 different cities. There was coverage about it in, in, I think, the Daily Wire and um, Tucker Carlson mentioned it. And so we're really like we're building up momentum. You're for Um, real. Yeah, you're we're doing really... it for
1: because there's so many charities and organizations. That's just a joke. I'm sorry. Yes. They raise money and they just to keep going. But you guys are doing it for real. And that's what I tell the group that we're working on Then this. It's called United for Free Speech, but it's going to be way broader than that. Yeah. And because and, there's so much that comes from free speech, which we just talked about. All this is tied to that is people raising their consciousness of what's really going on. But I'm like, we're going to be like this other group. And I use another group as an example. But we're going to get shit done.
0: (laughs) That's the difference. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we're all about. And so we're mobilized. We're, you know, connected to a a number of ongoing fights. Um, So uh, I encourage people to join up like moms and dads. Join us. Join Mom Army. Join Dad Army. You can find Mom Army and Dad Army on Instagram. The Mom Army website uh, is mom-army.com. Uh, and, and, you know, just join up and you can join our mission and some of the, the things that we have ongoing. I have a new film, um, that I'm working on. Uh, it's going to focus on the, the effect of gender ideology on girls and specifically the daughters of the West. And, um, that's something that I'm going to be releasing in collaboration with mom army and dad army. Oh,
1: that's great. And, uh,
0: it's really going to expose how this has affected girls because, Girls specifically have been deeply wounded by gender ideology in a way that's completely unique and quite devastating, and it needs to be talked about more.
1: Okay, so where? what's the best website to find you at?
0: Find me at simonessler.com, and that can link you to all my socials, to my ongoing work, to my work on Dauntless Dialogue, and then of course I have my library of content on Rise TV, so I have a three-season series called Worlds Within that explores uh, different metaphysics and uh, human learning, warfare. I have a 60-minute sketch comedy special called Theorize About Conspiracies, and I have a six-episode sci-fi comedy special called Simon Esler's Dystopian Imaginarium. Uh, all of that is on Rise TV. You can check it out. But um, yeah, hit up my website, simonessler.com. Come follow me on Instagram. I'm, I'm most active there. And uh, you know, get joined up with Dad Army and Mom Army. Dad Army has a campaign right now called Dad Story Hour. It's in response to the Drag Queen Story Hour, and it's just—it's oh, yeah. a call for dads to just put out content, pictures of you reading to your kids. You don't—you don't need to include the kids' faces or anything. Just pictures and videos of you reading to your kids. Hashtag Dad Story Hour. Tag the Dad Army. Help us just push the notion of present fathers intentionally with their children. And, you know, it seems basic, but it actually really needs to be pushed forward. And so people can support that campaign in a very simple, direct way.
1: Thank you so much. And we got to keep in common. We always have such a wonderful conversation. So I really hope that you start elevating and people really start following you because you have so much wisdom that you can share with people. So thank you so much.
0: Thanks a lot, Sarah. I appreciate the time.